Welcome, welcome, welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken, where we talk about the nerdy things that make us who we are. This is episode six. Tony, how are you doing? Episode six. I'm doing fantastic. I'm actually really, really happy that um, we're keeping consistent for one thing, and we're, we're we're keeping we're keeping this going. I think the worst thing to do is be super invested in something, then by some unfortunate reason you just kind of drop off. But we're, we're episode six now. And we're still going. We're going to keep this going. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about this? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I, I, do you know what? I didn't realize would be this consistent. I think we've been relatively good at this. Um, well, I'm not saying good at this as in we're the best podcasters, but like good at staying organized. Um, for the people that don't know, we, we've got documents, like multiple documents opened at the same time. We've got microphones and headphones that are constantly being tweaked and edited just to make sure this stays good. So there's a lot of things happening but we're staying on top of it on a week-to-week basis there seems to always be something to talk about we're we're not um we don't have a lot of gaps between our episodes so so far it's you know on a week-to-week basis but yeah man yeah that's a crazy thing it's like um i was actually worried with how 2020 is bleeding into 2021 that Mm -hmm. it's we're gonna struggle because of like slow news days like one of the things that I've been hearing from people in terms of feedback is like um, they would like to know more about my day-to-day life. Unfortunately, with the nature of how things are, there's not much going on with my day-to-day life. I'm pretty sure you don't want to hear about the great adventures of me going from my uh, bed to the toilet and back. It's really, really, you know, tumultuous. There's like ups and downs and precarious moments of action. But for the most part, it's just me going to the toilet to relieve myself and going back to bed. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, I think it'll be good for people to get insight about our day to day when it comes to mm. work in this yeah. COVID time. Because I know mm. like, um, I personally do not know a lot of people that have, well, no, I do know a lot of people that have issues with their work and some people that it's affected a little bit because it's affected yes. everyone. But I really want to, uh, I think it's good to get an insight of how people are dealing with their jobs mm-hmm. in this current state and giving people an insight about what we do might, you know, help people understand that. But yeah, yeah, man. No. Like, it's, um, it's been interesting. But tell me then, um, what, how has your week been? Like, we've, we're kind of in, what, 10 days into 2021. Has there been a transition in your life from 2020 to 2021? Has things shifted for work for you? Um, what are the ups and downs that you're dealing with between the times that we record? Where do we start? Mostly um, at the beginning. Oh man, at the beginning. Cool. So before we broke up for school, um, once again, I think I feel like I have to say this every episode, I'm a maths teacher uh, in a secondary school in inner London. Um, before we broke up for school for, for the Christmas holidays, there was talks to say, well, at the time, we was at like, 60% capacity because some people were just off because of the virus or sick and we didn't know if a flu was the was covid so people were just like all right cool you got symptoms go home go home go home go home we're not trying to deal with it so we was at about 60% capacity maybe even less with teachers and students to the point where there was a couple of days where i just didn't teach because whole classes were gone mm. um so it started off like that. They said, okay, when we come back in January, we're going to do, it's, the government said there's going to be a slow rollout. So the first week um, or the first couple of days, it would just be online or the first week would just be online. And the second week would be um, 
kids slowly coming back into school. But then there was another announcement and it said, nope, we're on lockdown. Stay home. Tier four. We ain't going nowhere. So the, the, the biggest issue that I've had was that not taking anything as word as the law because like we'll we'll prepare like okay we're going to be back in school teaching our classes in classrooms and then like nope you're staying home because no um so that was been that's been quite you know stressful Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's not the biggest issue um kids are sometimes i feel like it's intentional but i know it's not intentional kids Mm -hmm. are in unintentionally annoying um what do you mean by annoying what, what, what are we talking about Disney kids annoying where they're like overly gleeful or are we talking about, you know, that one sibling that you wish your parents wore protection for? Like, what are we talking about? You see, out of fear of this getting back to anyone I actually do know that works in my mm-hmm. school, <laughs> I'm just going to say just frustrating. These kids are frustrating. Mm-hmm. But once mm-hmm. again, I can't blame them entirely. Um, yeah. The idea or what you my blame school's the doing parents. for I blame the world for not teaching them common sense. And that's what it is. It's the lack of common sense. Um, What I've been doing in my classes, we prepare uh, lessons for them. We don't don't do live lessons just yet. We've prepared a lot of videos. Actually, our department has created videos for the kids so Mm. they can do it independently. And the whole idea behind that was there are some households where there's only one smartphone and the rest are brick phones or there's only one laptop or one tablet. So if you have like four or five kids or even three kids that go to the same school or different schools yeah. and they're expected to be online at a particular time, mm-hmm. it's impossible because there's more than one kid in the house that also has to be educated. So we prepared these videos so that they can, by the end of the day, complete this work by going through the video. It's my voice. It's, you know, my my language. Um, get through it. So cool. Give me, we, give me a uh, demo of one of your videos. Like, how dramatic do you get? Is this just your your opportunity to show off your your acting skills? Like, give me give me a, a little taste. I mean, the acting skills come from the fake positive, <laughs> the fake right? positive, and the fake angry. Like, yeah. so for example, Tony, if if you was doing amazing, I'm like Tony, that's amazing. What can you explain that again? What, what two plus two equals to four? Ah, my guy, come on, so, so, someone. Clap, okay. clap, clap emojis, clap emojis, please. Yeah, well done. Good job. So and this then, is pre-recorded then? Huh? Pre-recorded. Like when you're actually making these videos, uh, when you say videos, is this like a live stream or is it like a pre-recorded video that they have to follow? Like what, what's the dynamic? It's a pre-recorded video they have to follow. But that I like to crazy. incorporate, I like to incorporate a lot of the things that happen in the classroom okay. and like to give praise to people based on the previous lessons um, in some instances. But what we've done as a department, we've pre-recorded on particular topics so anyone mm-hmm. can use them. Um, the feedback you can get a bit creative with, but on a separate a separate uh, forum when you're typing it or recording it. But yeah. most, but everyone uses the pre-recorded videos that we've uploaded to YouTube so the mm-hmm. kids can easily access it. Um, yeah. I don't think a lot of schools are doing this or any school is doing this. We came up with the idea, me and my head of department was like, yeah, let's do this thing. And then... We did it. Now, the issue is we've made all of this incredibly easy for kids. We right. use Microsoft Teams where they access all the work, where we set the assignments yeah. and they go into the videos to check out exactly how to do certain maths, uh, certain maths topics. And then they mm-hmm. answer the questions based off the assignments that we set to them on yeah. Microsoft Forms and the um, and they send us feedback, uh, send us their answers with f- full working out as pictures, mm-hmm. which they can attach mm-hmm. to the assignment. The issue is 
as clear as that may, may sound now, I have written the exact same instructions about 12 times. A kid would be like, sir, I finally finished the work. It's like, all right, cool. So where is it? I posted it. And he posted it into the chat, into the forum. Like, mm, why are you posting it into the chat? <laughs> That's not what I said in the instructions. I said, click add work when you go into Microsoft Teams on the assignment. Oh, yeah, cool, right. cool. And then they add the work. So I'm like, all right, cool. It's like, sir, I've done it now. Cool. And I've deleted yeah. their work from the chat because I was like, everyone can see your work. Why would you put it onto the chat? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, sorry, sir. No, I attached to the thing. They attach it to the assignment. I check the assignment. It's the wrong day. It's like, mm, mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. the wrong day for the wrong assignment. Can you please upload the right one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sir. Upload the right one. What's on this assignment? They've only put the answers. I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. I said explicitly, only send your process. Only show you're working out clearly because if you don't, how do I know you didn't just copy the answers? Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry, sir. And then half an hour later on, like, yeah, I've done it now. And yeah. the image that they send is blurry. I'm like, ah, yeah. my chest is pain in me. Oh, so, so how do you deal with like students for, um, sorry, let me try that again. Students who are, for lack of a better word, um, I don't want to use anything derogatory, but like um, senseless knowledge challenged. How do you deal with them? Like, you know, that, that, that sketch we saw um, earlier today, the Mo Gilligan one, where it's like parents teaching their kids. And like, <laughs> they, you're given those scenarios, you know, those dumb scenarios we used to get in like GCSE papers. Like yeah, if, yeah. if like Mandy's mother has 15 pairs and she only pays for 10 of them. <laughs> what is the difference in pairs or <laughs> well, something dumb like that? And you got, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. you got the kid like saying, um, is it, is it, is it, is it 25? And you're like, wait, she only had 15 pairs to begin with. How did you she see, end it, up with 25? It's so funny, like hearing this because, um, I know exactly where it comes from. I know why mm-hmm. this happens. Uh, it's because parents are not teachers. Yeah. Simple as that's that, that's the easiest uh, uh, answer to it because yeah. kids understand maths when I show it to them and what all maths teachers when all maths teachers show it to them in a yeah. way that they will understand because parents know it so like, oh yeah obviously you just subtract this thing but they don't mm-hmm. understand how to explain that to their kids so when they say like oh she has three apples and then mm-hmm. she drops one how many apples she got left. Just yes. hearing that question, it can spin a lot of young kids' minds, even though right. to us, it's a, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. But, you know, what I would end up doing as a teacher is un- like showing to them in a pictorial form, mm-hmm. uh, in a visual form, kinesthetic, like all the different techniques to represent exactly what's going on. But what parents don't have are those skills. So their default is, I'm going to say it again, but louder. If Sarah had three apples and she drops one, like, and then it just ends up... Let's do some role play. Let's do some role play. I'm going to be the stupid... uh, Not the stupid, sorry. The student. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm going to be the student. You're going to be the teacher that you are. Um, You give me a question, right? A a problem for me to solve. And I will be this this student that is... uh, knowledge challenge and i want to see how you deal with it so let's go give me okay, give me something cool. sir i want to learn educate me in it all right cool 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 well done tony um if you had 10 and i'm going to say something something just random because sometimes mm-hmm. mass questions are like this yeah. if you have 10 watermelons that you're juggling and you drop three how many watermelons are you still juggling in the air 
See, so like at that point in it, since like I dropped the the watermelons in it, like I'll just give up in it. So I got I got none in it. Like I just walked away. Like, <laughs> is that is that correct? No, no, no. Let's let's try to think about it again. So so you started with ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you dropped three. Maybe not at the same time. Maybe one by one. So let's do that one at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I dropped one. Yeah, you have ten, and you dropped one. Mm-hmm. How many are you still juggling? Like so. At that point, yeah, like I'm thinking to myself, like, is this really worth it? Is this the career I set out for myself being a juggler? So like I drop one and I'm like, okay, like I'm less than I was before. Am I less than a man? I don't know. So like okay, is it cool, like cool. I hear you, five? I hear you. Um let's try something different. Uh grab that mini whiteboard. Um grab this okay. pen. Yeah. We're going to draw the watermelons, all right? Okay, all right, yeah. Let's go. One, two, three. Four. Yeah. All right, cool. We've got all 10 here. We've got all 10 here. This yeah. is you. Look at you with a smiley face. Ha. Uh-huh. Let's just um, uh, let's just erase one of these. So that's the one watermelon that you uh, dropped. Let's just erase yeah. it from the board. How now, did somebody come like sweep it up? Like, because it's on the floor, it's like, it's all dirty, isn't it? Yeah, like, somebody's got to clean that, sir. Not a problem. Not a problem. Not a problem. All right, yeah. So we've got one. We've rubbed one off. How many do we have now after rubbing one off from these 10 watermelons? All right, we got 10. I dropped one. So one is I, gone? Yeah, so that means... I got the answer, sir. I got the answer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, let's go. What's up? I, I got less watermelons. Ah, my chest. <laughs> do you know what? Because we're taking a lot of time, I'm going to get Isabel and Amal, the TAs, to come help you. All right, just, just, just oh miss, can you can you can you just help? That's Tell that's that's here. the problem. That's the problem right there, Ken. That's when you've already admitted defeat. <laughs> you admitted defeat. You uh, have met that one student that shout out to my TAs <laughs> that literally just destroyed your soul. Literally oh, made you think oh like, oh man, I went to university for this. Mate, These I, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. Like a lot of the kids, they they, they do get it eventually. Yeah. Um, and there are some kids that have severe learning difficulties especially yeah. when it comes to maths. I've got a kid that's in sixth form. Mm. He's taken the GCSE. I think he's about to be his third time taking the GCSE. Yeah. And it's not because he doesn't listen. It's not because he hasn't tried. He just doesn't get it. He's yeah. tried everything that he can. There's been times where like, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. I've taught you something, not getting it. I've taught you something, not getting it. i taught you the same thing, still not getting it. Mm-hmm. And then one day he gets it like, wait, wait, sir. Is it this answer? Like, yeah, yeah, keep going. How did you get to the answer? Oh, you do this, 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 this. I'm like, oh my God, we got it. Yes. It makes you and feel then, good, right? And then the next day. All right, all right. Let's try this question again. So I forgot. It's that lack of repetition at home, isn't it? It's like... it. Well, no, I, I wouldn't say repetition. No, no, no. Because there are some kids that I, I will do this every single day with them. Same mm-hmm. topic, not changing it. They go home, do the homework and everything. Mm-hmm. they struggle because of retention. They can't retain yeah. some of the information that they learned in that day and it's yeah. caused um, so many issues. And yeah, I, I just feel, I, I genuinely feel sorry for them because yeah. I'm teaching them something that they are not expected to understand or need to know going forward mm-hmm. in their life, especially if it's so severe at this point. If you're in year 13, you're about to hit 18, you're 17, 18, and you're struggling severely with simple mathematics, most likely you're not going to really deal with this type of mathematics in your life. Yeah. So why am I forcing you to learn something that is so uh, uh, challenging and you find it so difficult? Mm. Man, it's... 
yeah do, do you feel it. like um as a teacher and this is probably like the, the last thing i'll ask you about this but like do yeah. you feel like as time has gone on and the, polit- the political landscape is what it is in terms of what teachers can and can't do do you think over time you uh, things have been taken out of your tool belt as a teacher mm-hmm. like certain techniques certain reinforcement techniques maybe i don't know, misconstrued as something abusive and when it's not it's kind of like reinforcing do you like I, I don't know i don't know what it means to be a teacher i've only been on the other side as the uh, the student i'm trying to understand your question so do they so say your question again so like i can think of a, a situation where like a teacher maybe raising his voice a certain way in his mind as a teacher it's like he's trying to highlight the key moments but because that student's such a sensitive little bitch he says the teacher's bullying him and now teachers are not allowed to raise their voice is that like a thing now um as long as we're not doing anything damaging um to their well-being mm-hmm. and anything that is insensitive um it's more or less free reign yeah to be but but obviously in a professional context because mm-hmm. uh, there's been times I've gone off at kids like because they've been acting so stupid like and mm-hmm. I don't mean stupid as in intellect as in they're doing dumb things they're acting yes. and I tell them this I always emphasis on that word of acting why are you acting stupid because you're not stupid yes why are you acting that way I'm not yes. telling you that you're stupid but I'm saying that you're acting in a way that is not you yeah it'll be a thing but where like, it takes I, is that one student going somebody said like oh sir call me stupid and I'm like I feel triggered like I feel like I need to tweet this. Like, this is not right, bruv. Well, they can do whatever they want, like, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a free country, in it? But if they cannot see the benefit of, or, or the tireless hours that a lot of these teachers are putting in to help them out, maybe they just need to hear it because yeah. that's not like Growing up, we thought teachers were play- people that just lived in schools and they just yeah. were there when we got there and they're not really living life, even though mm-hmm. that is something that is their life. Yeah. Um, appreciation appreciation okay. the culture in this country compared to other ones is um it's okay to not be good at maths yeah that's the culture and i see every single parents evening i see it with some of these kids that are just so switched off from it and partly i'm not saying that i agree with with the sentiment but at least try like um the culture in other countries like anytime we get people that come from other countries or worse schools they always like oh thank god oh my god why is the why is the teaching so good here like mm-hmm. and they appreciate a lot more because they've seen the bad yeah it's it's privilege if you've lived a privileged life and you've had free education you don't have to travel 10 miles to get to school you don't have to worry about when your clothes are going to get washed you get free school meals because you're in a low income house mm-hmm. you get so many benefits to ensure that you're doing well but because you've been pampered and allowed to do this and I don't say that as a bad thing because yes, if people need the help, then yet yeah, give it to them. Mm-hmm. But if you're given that for free and you see people around you acting bad and not appreciating all that free, yeah, they're going to act up. And that's mm-hmm. the frustrating thing. And maybe that's the uh, um, the catch 22. If we give uh, students too much free, well, if we give them too much allowances and no way to feel like the environment is a struggle, then they just kind of act up, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm... I'm sh- but I don't want to get too much into it because I'll just start getting political and all of that. But yeah, okay. um, that's that's been my drama with with teaching. Yeah. Um, 
drama with online because I'd rather be in a classroom than teach online. How yeah. about you? How, how was your um, how was work for you? See, now I was thinking to myself, I could get into my work environment now but i think with the topics that we got coming up one of which being a a show that was uh, that i've been watching recently the office i think that'll be a uh, a perfect opportunity to come back around and actually get into the nitty-gritty of a work environment but in terms of the Mm. topics uh the topics that we have right now are uh we actually started watching a new show together called lupin on netflix is that how it's pronounced Tony? uh well if it's the french is lupin um, I was going to say, Lupin. Yeah. I heard him say it a couple of times. For the for the French listeners out there, which I think we got a couple. From last time I checked the data, we got um, maybe about six French listeners too. So shout oh. out to the French. Uh, shout, shout out, out to, to the, the shout out to USA. We got um, like the last episode specifically, major listenership in America. So shout out to you Americans. But we will get to you we Americans in a minute. We appreciate it. We appreciate you, but you lot got a lot of explaining to do and we'll get into that. So first topic is going to be Lupin. Then it's going to be Star Trek Discovery, the uh, mm. season finale specifically. We might touch on uh, the show as a whole. I didn't um, finish it. You didn't finish it, Ken. Disappointed. Very disappointed. I know, so I, know. I will talk in broad strokes. We'll probably mostly just discover, um, discover, uh, mostly discuss the actual we show as a whole. Yeah. Cool. Some people might discover Discovery and discover their own love for Discovery. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about Trump as well. We're gonna um, the whole America thing right now is is precarious and it's sensitive, but I think it's worth worth talking about. And um, yeah, so let's get into it, Ken. This week, uh, Netflix just uh, dropped a new joint, uh, Lupin. Yeah. And uh, do you, do you want to start this off? Do you want to start off how you a little brief yeah explanation let's, let's talk of what about the show it. is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, because I'll, I'm going to butcher the French version, I'm just going to call it Lupin. Because mm-hmm. if I try and say it the way you're saying it, I'll just get people coming at my house in a very violent <laughs> French accent. Uh, you, you leading the charge. Um, but no, Lupin <laughs> is a film, is a TV show about a uh, professional con man mm-hmm. and his mission to try and exonerate his father who was wrongly accused of stealing something mm-hmm. um the result of and it was emphasized a lot in the show that his father was gentleman and you see the good father the good nature of his dad throughout the uh, the entire show that he was genuinely a good guy or a gentleman yeah. um that got put in a bad situation or was framed for doing something that he didn't uh, his father went to prison and he ended up committing suicide in prison as far as we know we don't know if there's more to that um and so from his father passing and from the framing later on finding out that his father was framed he became a professional con artist uh in his youth and throughout his 20s and 30s and now he's using his skills that he's acquired over the years to try and clear his father's name you have the police chasing him or trying to figure out who he is so that they can catch him because he's obviously committed crimes but uh, that is in the backdrop of his crusade of trying to clear his father's name. Yeah. Um, he's gone through... The, the good thing I like about this show is that they don't show that he's a... 
he, he doesn't have superpowers. Mm-hmm. Actually, in some aspects, so I'm like, mm, okay, cool. In that situation, you have superpowers. Mm-hmm. But they, they show that he has flaws, that he's not perfect, but he's very good at what he does. Yeah. Um, he has a family. He has a, they said his wife and his kid, but the wife and himself are a bit estranged. They are not I don't think together. they ever got married. I don't think they ever got married. Then why do they keep referring to her as his wife? I think it might have been a mistranslation, but I do specifically remember there's a scene where the her, his partner, his ex-girlfriend, shall we say, uh, went mm-hmm. to see her psychiatrist before she announced she was pregnant. And mm-hmm. the psychiatrist says, like, you're not married. You don't owe anything. And that scene was super weird because I was thinking to myself, I swear psychiatrists are supposed to be impartial. Exactly. Like, the psychiatrist was straight up encouraging this woman to leave her husband. I'm thinking, nah, nah, that shit ain't right. <laughs> that ain't yeah, right. Yeah. It was, it, it was a bit weird. But yeah. um, we, we talked about that before where we said that um, this the show feels different because mm-hmm. it's French. Simple yes. as because it's French. Uh, we're so used to British uh, storytelling. We're so used to American storytelling mm-hmm. to see uh, a French uh but the French storytelling or their way of telling a story yes. was interesting because I was like, oh, I'm not used to some of the things that are happening here. I'm not used mm-hmm. to some of the things that they're saying, but it is the way it is over there. And it felt refreshing to yeah. to gain that, um, especially when uh, how they tackle the heist or the con man story. We've seen it so yes. many times in America. We've seen it so many times in Britain uh, to see the French version of it uh, was quite nice. And, you know, at one point after, uh, I'm going to get your opinion on this, but I would love to talk about the comparisons between this con show and other con films and shows that have, mm-hmm. that we have seen and how it compares to how well they pulled off certain things. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what, what, what do you think about the show? So as a whole, um, my biggest disappointment about, about the show, and I was genuinely upset. I think I called you I up. Yeah, in yeah, absolute <laughs> rage and I thought to myself you're taking the bloody piss what the fuck are you doing are you mad and it was mostly because it was only five episodes long and I'm getting into it and thinking ooh can't wait for that episode six and I was like wait what's happening yeah, uh, there's, there's no countdown it's, it's, it's not switching why is it not yeah. switching it should be switching and yeah. like it's like end of part one I was like oh okay so is this how the French are moving right they want to give you only five get you on the hook like some sort of druggie and just like itching for that next part it's like uh, you got any uh, Lupin just scratching your neck yeah. I need some of that well, <laughs> Lupin that's interesting because does that mean because I don't know if this is a common thing in France I don't watch a lot of French shows mm. well I don't watch any French shows it's just this one um, but I, we know that British film, uh, TV shows are relatively incredibly short yeah. uh, uh, per season what it was Sherlock that was only three episodes a season mm-hmm. on average. Granted, um, those are it, like three movies. Like when you was watching a season, you was watching three movies because they were like an hour and a half yeah, each. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, I guess my question is, are French shows short in seasons? Or it, it or depends. Depend? It yeah. really does depend. Um, I think generally speaking in Europe, when it comes to like television and media, it's as long as the storytelling will allow. If you yeah. want to, if you know, for, in France, they have a mini series of like two episodes. Um, my suspicion is, granted, I haven't look in, looked into this. Um, I believe that it might be COVID related and they yeah. had to delay it because typically speaking, I don't think Netflix is into 
brief binges they want those those numbers those metrics so they wouldn't allow many shows that are so brief unless it's the nature that there is an old show that's come and gone my mm. assumption is it's covid related and they've had to delay the the subsequent episode or it just could have been that's how they're producing it and it's a very mini series but like getting back into it besides from the disappointment of the length of the first part i thought um it was it was brilliantly paced Every episode moved with with purpose. Um, the, the the narration from the main character, played by Omar Sy, who plays a uh, Asan Diop, a Senegalese immigrant, which is one of those ones. It's um, for one, I watched it dubbed. I didn't watch it subbed. Um, I'm very busy, so the idea of like stopping whatever I'm doing to watch something is a bit yeah. difficult because same, you have to you thing. know read the subtitles, right? Um, so I watched it dubbed and I was pleasantly surprised because the voice actor they got to it and I couldn't, I didn't actually find his name. I should have looked at the credits, but every voice actor in this show is some of the best voice acting I've heard within anime or other movies that's done dubbing. It feels very natural. The voices feel appropriate to the character that's on screen. It's not like, you know, it's a six foot five guy that's muscly and he sounds like little tiny Tim. It's, you know, it's appropriate to the, to the, to the actor. Um, Mm. But yeah, no, his performance is physical performance because obviously that's what you see. It's really well done. It's not overstated. I'm I'm genuinely surprised that um this being a very a very popular character in France. Uh, it's based off of this book series uh, called uh, Arsène Lupin, the uh, Gentleman Thief, um, which is like kind of France's equivalent of a Sherlock Holmes, even though it's not the same kind of theme. But I think at some point a writer did try to do. Um, a Lupin versus Sherlock Holmes but got sued and he had to change it to Sholmes um, instead of Holmes Um, I just actually found that out this week but um, it's a popular French character I think the clever thing that they did about the show uh, which is like a theme throughout is that the main character is not Arsène Lupin from the books he Mm. is a man that was gifted the books at a young age and was such a fan of it that he learned everything he could from the books and obviously his life to actually be a gentleman thief himself. And I think one of the great themes of this show, which we'll probably talk about a bit later, is the idea of um, being underestimated. His weapon, his main tool, is being underestimated. Like I bring up the fact that he's a, a Senegalese character and Arsène Lupin in the books is a white guy. And granted, he's not playing the same character in the books. It's not an adaptation of the books. It's kind of like a reimagining of the yeah. mythos of the character that, you know... It's, it's I a lot of inspiration from the book. Right. And it's yeah. like, you can easily be one of those things. If this was a bit more like British or American, there'll be complaints. It's like, oh, why is this black guy playing a white character? Like, what's going on here? Like, what, what yeah, are they doing? Like, getting monkeys in? Like, this is wrong. Well, <laughs> you know that this—that's our racist talk. You know, everybody's a bloody monkey. You know, oh, oh, oh. Um, you haven't lived until you've seen like a a guy get a banana thrown at him while playing football, like a professional football player getting harassed while playing think football. That would be a joke, but no, that 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 has happened. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, I don't sad. know. It's crazy, but um, but it's it's a natural theme within the show. Him being black in France he uses as a weapon like one of the early scenes he's um he's he's a young man he's he's with his dad they're in the pouring rain and the dad's employer who 
the dad at this time was the chauffeur for this rich this rich businessman uh his wife is broken his car's broken down and he just knocks on the door the window of the door politely to get her attention and she immediately said no 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 i'm not interested um leave me alone and she locks the door and he's there trying to explain oh sorry madam it's it's me um it's your 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 husband's chauffeur i'm um, just trying to get her to help you out uh, and she it almost um, it's weird it takes us like 60 seconds to like look yeah. at him point blank and actually almost like you see the gears turning in their head oh i recognize this negro male maybe it might be safe and Do you know what i noticed it but because i'm so used to seeing this in tv shows yeah it really didn't register me i was like oh yeah yeah yeah. obviously she's going to be a bit flustered because yeah. you know that's what happens in these shows and yeah. in life so i was just like okay cool can we move on to the next scene please <laughs> and the crazy thing is he actually helps yeah. her out right he he pops the hood gets it working again true and man jumps in the car offers to drive the woman granted i thought that was clever they don't ex- expressly talk about this but i think he did it on purpose to get him and his son out of the rain i think he used her underestimation of him just being his husband's chauffeur and him offering to drive as a drive as a kind gesture but i think yeah. it was actually him being like we got a long way to go before we get home this woman we're lucky that she broke down here let's actually use this yeah and they don't talk about it. it's one of those ones it's like that's me probably reaching but it's like it's plausible it makes sense because at that point you know there's another episode of transitions and he's like there's a bond built between the driver and the wife and young diop uh, meets the uh, the wife's young uh, young daughter and they form a connection and it's the same thing. It's like underestimation throughout. And I think that's a brilliant theme when it comes to um, the con movie or the con TV show. Um, a lot of shows don't actually, they say that. It's like kind of like lip service. It's like you always kind of want to keep your mark off guard, you know, underestimate them, like have them looking left while you're doing something to the right. Yeah. And it's always a character doing that in a monologue in the background while he's doing something clever. Whereas this is actually respected the audience intelligence and said like this is how underestimation really works it's not just from hey look over there over your shoulder don't look at me it's like hey look at me i'm just a lowly black cleaner nothing interesting about me while you can walk around and steal the crown jewels of some french queen and i thought that was brilliant i thought that was really clever I think there's several moments throughout the show that highlight that as much as it sucks to be black, sometimes you can be invisible because you're only seen as that black person. So you're poor, you're criminal. So you put yourself in a position, okay, if I'm a criminal, I assume that I'm a criminal. So I'll get another black person, put them on this street corner if something goes wrong, the the police are immediately looking at that bad person on the corner looking shady. I'm here hold, helping this old lady cross the street and they're not looking at me. They're looking at the other black guy. Meanwhile, I'm taking a few hundred from the old lady's purse. And I think if cons are happening in the world today, I think a lot of them are happening that way where it's like you're banking on people's 
predetermined notion of who you are and therefore you say okay cool this is what you think i'm gonna do i'm gonna I'll, I'll do it that way like that scene in the very first episode where he uh comes in as a cleaner so yeah do you want me to set it up no go on go, on, go for it so the very beginning episode it breaks down this whole heist of him trying to break into the the louvre to um get this necklace i think it's from catherine the great Mm-hmm. And the way he actually figures out how to get him, this story is kind of told in two parts. I won't spoil the second part where it's kind of the reveal of how he did everything because you think you get everything in the first episode, but it's a lot deeper than that. But he comes in as a cleaner, knowing that security is pretty lax for cleaners where in their changing rooms, there's no cameras whatsoever. So as he does that, he gets the lay of the land. He he sees where the jewels is going to be. He knows that there's an auction coming up. So once he's done that, he figures out that he can come in using Wikipedia, changing a few things on Wikipedia to make himself look like he's a rich millionaire, comes in on an auction, wins the auction. But at the same time, he's ingratiated himself with these local gangsters, uh, pretended to be a guy that's down on his luck and needs money, takes their money and is in debt to them. And they've already told him, if you don't have my money, I will bloody come and kill you. So he gives his money to his part, uh, his ex-girlfriend for his, uh, for him and his son because it's alimony that he owns. So maybe they were married. It might be a confusion with the translation. Um, but fast forward back to the situation where he's in the auction. Previous to that, he's actually gone to meet the guy and say, hey guys, I don't have your money, but I do have a way for you to make even more money than before. They go in as cleaners. But because nobody bothers to check the cleaners, because they're they're underestimated, they're literally rolling in. One of the dudes is like a six foot two white guy. He's got a badge of a like five foot five black woman, and he just yeah. scans it, and they don't even look at him, and he goes through. So yeah, no one's checking that. While they're working the the um, the janitor's room, he's in the front of the auction, winning the auction. They disguise themselves as security. So he actually finally gets to see what he's won in his auction, which he hasn't got money for. But because they found him on Wikipedia and it said, oh, he's worth 500 mil and the lot was for like 55 mil that he won. They're thinking, oh, Wikipedia says he can pay for this. Well, on that, I can tell you right now that these auctions, Mm -hmm. because of the price of a lot of these things, they're not just checking Wikipedia. No, they're, they're, they're not. They're, they're, that was a bit certifying dumb. people. They're certifying people way in advance. They're, yes. they're not just gonna like. They're not just doing a web search. No, no, yeah. no. They, yeah. they would have had meetings with you. They would have had um, personnel come to your company to double check that you are who you are. Mm-hmm. They will have you probably put pay a deposit to make sure that you know at least you have funds to pay for this, so the transfer can be easier. Yeah, and then you get your deposit back once the transfer. Like that is beyond the work. So I think they allowed that you know disbelief to happen just so it can speed the story along it was but convenient it was convenient. it was very very convenient yeah, yeah. and um yeah. yeah no i think little things like that is absolutely brilliant um yeah i enjoy and, it and i can't wait for part two mm. i mean you know like it, there's a lot of good coming from the show like and, and a lot of um stuff that we've seen from other from other um tv shows and films one of the big one of the big ones that i really enjoyed was the was still them perpetuating the idea of an inside job 
So mm-hmm. him being uh, the janitor, uh, just like any great heist film, you got someone that is in the know, that has done the surveillance, that has been like that mild-mannered job that surveys everything. Um, and I could, I can, and I, it's so believable because everyone that's ever had a job in anywhere, they know where the, <laughs> where the security risks are. Like in my school, I'm not saying I know where every single security risk is, but, you know, everyone always talks about them and resolves them as quickly as possible. But there's been a couple of times like, hmm, it would take someone that is kind of smart to just do this and pull off a heist in the school. Mm -hmm. But, you know, obviously that information gets passed forward and then we resolve a way how to uh, minimize that security risk. And I know that that's the same case with any... Uh, company i know the same thing with your company you probably know that okay if someone did x y and z they could probably get in without any issue but that's people just knowing how to work the system and the only way you can do that if you have someone on the inside um it happened in my last school someone broke into the school in an incredibly clever way Mm -hmm. um there there's a actually let me not get into it because whoever's listening it but Mm -hmm. no they broke into the school and then they stole macbooks yeah and keyboards and mice within about two minutes the alarms are flaring, but no one could get there in time. They just made off with very high-end equipment and but yeah. it was an inside job. The way they broke into the school is as if they knew the school incredibly well. Mm-hmm. So it must have been either one of the kids, it must have been, God forbid, a teacher or whoever. But someone had to know how things worked in that simplest way or know the security risk there and then. So I, it it made it even more believable to see him coming in in the general. It reminded me of Law Abiding Citizen, okay, yeah. of Gerard Butler, oh, brilliant where film. he was. Um, uh, this ain't a big spoiler at all, but like he was someone that worked inside uh, Congress. Uh, was it the political building? I can't remember where it was, but he worked in the uh, as a janitor. He came in as a janitor, even though people were looking for this guy. He found a way to sneak in and out of prison, but working as a janitor. But no one knew who he was. No one cared who he was because they never shared his picture mm-hmm. on the TV and whatever. So he was coming in and out as he pleased. Everyone's like, how did he know? How's he doing this? There must be like a team of them, but it was just one guy that there was apparently locked up. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. Whereas like, when the big reveal, when we saw it, it blew my mind. Um, so yeah, it reminded me a lot of uh, Lord Biden's season. Yeah. One um, nice thing I realized about Lupin was that he didn't live a luxurious life. You'd think that someone would pull off a big heist, just like a lot of these heist TV shows or films or con men. Yeah. They do a big heist, they make a million, and then they like, yeah, yeah, that was the last one. I'm going to go off and you know, write to, buy, buy a Maserati or something. Like, you even see it in the Fast and the Furious films mm-hmm. where they were more or less con people uh, and they were living luxury, uh, luxurious lives. You saw it in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, um, after they um, done the con and then they're, they're living incredible, they're millionaires now. But him, he's just living in a relatively large, you know, apartment in France, and you know he has all his gear and uh, disguises and all his equipment in there. But it's not luxurious at all. It's not like high end, beautiful. It's just him doing what he can. This is uh, where getting the money to fund his uh, heists, which was really really nice. This is where I disagree with you. Um, okay. They established something when he, when in one of the flashbacks, when the wife has gone to psychiatrist to talk about her problems with her husband, how he's always off doing something, how he's never there and she's worried that she's pregnant. 
and mm. she discovered that she is and she's about to tell him she expressly says to him like i don't want anything big just somewhere quiet we need to talk he doesn't listen to her and takes her to this really highfalutin fancy restaurant and the reason why i connect that to a luxury thing is because this place is so luxury that one of his previous marks uh, an old lady living in a very very rich very swanky uh, apartment like so rich so she's so detached from reality that he's able to trick her into thinking that he's a police officer to t- uh, there to take her jewels to keep her in the police station uh, for safekeeping he bumps into her in that restaurant so if a woman that rich is going to a restaurant like that this fancy restaurant that me and he's like kind of like talking to his girlfriends like what's the big deal i wanted to take you out i think at that point in the story he is used to luxury like that she has suspicions of what he does but she doesn't really want to talk about it i think the point where he tricks us into thinking that he's not into that is when he gives her the money and she says you look like a piece of shit i think it's all part of his bit and of that con to look like he's down on his luck so he can ingratiate himself with those uh, gangsters to get into the Louvre. See, that's interesting because I, um, I, I interpreted that scene slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he took him and this, like either one of our reasons can be, could be accurate, mm-hmm. but I think he took her to that restaurant because um, I think he felt that she was really, really bothered by him and by what he does. Mm-hmm. And then obviously her going to the psychiatrist and, um, trying to decide whether I should really continue with this guy or what's really going on with this guy. Yeah. Um, you even hear it on the phone call, um, you hear her saying like, oh, um, you sound really serious on the phone. She's like, oh, I want to go somewhere private, very quiet so we can talk. Now, Tony, you can agree with me with this. And I think every guy and woman can agree with me with this that's ever been in a relationship. If your girl said, yo, Tony, we need to go to a quiet place. We need to talk automatically my head is spinning i'm like okay cool <laughs> what's, what's about what about to talk about mm-hmm. um, are we breaking up what's yeah. going on so i think he took her out to like take her to a real nice fancy place to try to butter up or even as a i i'm sorry for something i don't know that i did i don't want yeah. to break up i really care about you so i think he did that it for for that reasoning because even on the phone is like oh you sound real serious hopefully everything is okay um so i i, I do think that he may have thought that okay this is it even when she was like, I went somewhere quiet. Why'd you take us to here? Uh, and he gave the allure that he wanted to be in public. He didn't want to hear bad news in public, in, in a quiet place. He wanted it to be in public. This so is that, where the, I disagree with you again. I, I got with it. Yeah. This is where it. I disagree with you again. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know mm-hmm. whether, you know, you and your ivory tower, you know, with your with your money, Ken. But if I have suspicions I mean, it, that I'm it, about it, to it's, get... It's a nice... It's, it's a nice like view from up here. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. look at you, you rich bitch. But like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I have suspicions that I'm about to get dumped, we're going to Mickey D's. I don't even like Mickey D's, but I'm going to get dumped <laughs> on the cheap. I don't know about you, Ken, yeah, but I ain't going to be there sitting in this swanky restaurant that I probably had to get reservations oh from. Oh my God. <laughs> white people surrounding me. And like, she's going to say like, oh, I don't think this is working. Oh, but do you know what? Let me get the lobster to go. Uh, no, let's Ken. go to the drive-thru. I'll go to the Mucky D's drive-thru. Yeah, <laughs> no, like I think, again, I think that goes back to, the, I'll agree with you on one uh, point that if he did suspect menu. that, that comes from a lap of luxury to think that I can save my relationship with a swanky restaurant. Yeah. That's something of, that comes from somebody that's used to luxury. 
Because if you're mm. not used to that, if that's not your bag, you're not going to be thinking, I'm going to deal with bad news in this Michelin star restaurant surrounded about surrounded by these rich white people. I'm yeah. going to go to KFC or, bitch, I ain't got no money. You're coming back to my yard. Like, yeah. You, that's 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 why I believe all of that, and the fact that he, man's my man's able to get a swanky suit on a dime. You see, like in those moments, especially in that restaurant. Also, the fact that you know, spoiler alert, he's having an affair, uh, with the uh, the rich woman's daughter. Um, she's she's comes from a rich family. He's gonna have to take care of her. She ain't gonna be slumming it. So with his dealings of criminality. He's probably amassed a pretty penny. So he can't mm. be like going around to bummy places because as much as a girl's into you, if she's into the finer things, you're going to have to maintain that. So that's what leads me to believe that all of his slumming it in the show is intentional. It's making you look left while he's doing something on the right. Do you know what? I, I think you're, I think that's where we um, can agree with something because um thinking about it now the time when we saw him in the restaurant mm-hmm. and to the time when we actually saw his apartment we never saw his apartment during that time because that yeah. was a good 12 years 14 years uh prior to when we actually do see his apartment yes so for all we know he could have been living that luxury life mm-hmm. in a, an amazing apartment on the top floor you know studio whatever did you not see uh, his bedroom Ken? did you not see that bedroom are we talking about in the 19 uh so 2005 no, no, no. There was a scene where he's walking out of it, waking up out of his bed, and it was still present day, but it was two weeks earlier from when he did the heist. He literally says uh, on screen, yeah. two weeks. But his bedroom look looked like the Queen's bedroom. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was rolling out of bed. He says, Queen, I'm going to catch yeah. you later, but I've got some work to do. He's like, one is fine to stay in <laughs> <What>? bed here. <laughs> I right, behave. <laughs> hey, the, queen, the Queen's guard will come for us, bro. Well, she um, can try. Yeah. But, but no, yeah. no. Like, regardless, I because we have to move on quite a bit. I, yeah. I do enjoy the I do enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. I, I mean the TV show. Um, there were a, there's only uh one criticism mm-hmm. I have from it, and but it's a criticism of most heist films or most conman films, yeah, or TV shows, and that is unintentional magic. Yeah, <laughs> unintentional. Like what? Come on, now we know better than that. That's that's not how it works. Give me an um, example. Well, two things. The first one, uh, the most actually, the I'll start with the one that is, uh, that's peppered throughout the entire story. How they say that he's a master of disguise. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot hide six foot five. No, you can't. One. Um, and you cannot. And the amount of he only did one big major disguise change. Yeah. Um, in the show, and. I throughout the show I was going out. Why doesn't he wear different types of beards throughout his things? Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to recognize him yeah. through a lot of his um, under uh, underneath all of his costumes. Because sometimes he's wearing a hat, sometimes he's wearing glasses. Yeah. And there's one time he goes all out with his disguise, which yeah. is amazing. And I was thinking, why didn't he do that more? Uh, but he doesn't. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times I'm like, mm, are you telling me there's no cameras or no one can recognize you or maybe people just think all black people look alike. So I think, I think that's that, the that, point. That's, I think that's the point, Ken. Sorry to yeah, jump yeah. in. The, no, but, no, the underestimation thing, right? Yes. And it goes back to the fact that in the real world, like there's been like at least two occasions where like black people that look nothing alike have been mistaken on the media. Perfect example was Wiley 
and they put up a picture of Kano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the show was making a statement, hey, and I think he might have been do doing Kano some like that. some subtle makeup stuff to kind of make mm. small variations because when they show the descriptions given by um, all of the people that testify, it's like the, the they're saying like the, each one looks slightly different to the other. I think he does enough where it's like you can either be racist, admit to your racism, and say all black people look alike, or with what he's done, it's like maybe people don't quite remember the differences in black people. So they're remembering each time differently. I know with the the police chief, he's purposely obfuscating the case because he knows he's in trouble. But when they showed the sketches that they've generated with the computer from the descriptions of people, each one looks slightly different. So it's either he's done something with makeup to slightly change his face, or it's generally the case that you give 50 people the opportunity to see one individual and you ask them to describe it from their memory, each one is probably going to de- describe it differently. And it might be yeah. to his advantage. That's the case. Yeah. No, no, I agree with that. And that, mm-hmm. that's, that's been proven anyway. Like yeah. if people study, like um, when people get caught up for the lineup, it's so hard to see if the person's right. Um, my thing is they made a whole show of showing his uh, mannequin faces mm-hmm. and uh, with all the different disguises on the wall. Yeah but he barely used a lot of that um, face facial stuff. And I, I personally would never leave anything to chance, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm changing my eye colour. I'm giving myself a, a scar. I'm, I'm wearing a beard or something. I'm doing something that people can, to distract people from it. If people remember the scar, that is something that they'll remember rather than remembering how, um, how my cheekbones are shaped or how I look like without my beard. Yeah. Or how I look like as I walk around on the road. I will yeah. always wear a beard if I had clean shaven. Uh, face which he did but once yeah. again i'm not gonna like i said it's a thing with all heist and con man uh tv shows and films but the I, only other thing i was i would say this yeah. before we move on to the next your next point but i mm. would say this is done the one thing that other ones do a bit too much other shows will have the character have a different face every episode where it's like this is a bit contrived because none of that makeup looks good every time you do it. Like a lot of shows do it. Even like the early Mission Impossibles, it's like they relied on like CG to do the whole face trick thing. It's like, and ask the audience believing, oh, his makeup skills are so amazing. He looks like a 30 year old (laughs) black woman. It's like, no. But I think what they've done with the show is less is more. And I think it's quite realistic because if you actually look up some stories of real confidence men in real life, none of these Mm. guys change their face. They might actually either shave their beard or dye their hair. But for the most part, they keep their face themselves because they realize their mark is going to be so enamored by the story that they tell or the position that they put them in. They're either like too embarrassed to talk about it or like two in the moment to even remember correctly. And I think I appreciate the less is more. That's just me. Yeah. Maybe I'm projecting because me personally, I'm not leaving anything to chance. Yeah. You won't, boy, you think um, I'm blonde at one point. I could actually <laughs> you know I mean? believe you as a blonde woman. I think you could pull that off. A blonde woman. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. you got the hips for it. Um, <laughs> oh, huh, thanks. Anyway, uh, let's, let's um, move on to, um, I mean, I'll just talk about this one thing and then, yeah, because I know we spent quite a bit of time on this. Yeah. Um, he does a very impressive cuff trick, which is a okay. camera trick. It, yeah. It's not a real, it's not a real uh, trick. Yes. Because the speed that he removes the cuffs from someone in the mm. show and applies it on himself to be like, oh, do you know the cuff trick? Mm. And now he's got the handcuffs on. It felt very, uh, now you see me. Uh, oh, I hate that movie. Where, it's like, where it was very 
Like, all right, cool. You're doing things that are borderline. You should have went to Harry Potter's like <laughs> school. You should yeah. have went to Hogwarts. Um, and that's the only time in this entire series. I was like, mm, okay, cool. That was a bit too quick. Yeah. And you cut away so we couldn't really see it. But besides that, yeah, very. I enjoyed the show. Uh, some things I just left to the side, just like a couple of things that I talked about because they didn't really break the show. Like the the main focus was the story and yeah. what was actually happening, uh, which was very compelling. I'm looking. I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking forward to part two. I want part yeah, two. Part Give two, me part two. I part I, two I really need good. to get this monkey off of my back. Mm. Yeah, but let's let's move on to uh, discovery. We can talk about this briefly since you haven't watched the season finale. Uh, I want to start yeah. off by saying that this is a unique perspective, right? In the sense that you are new to the Star Trek world. Discovery is kind of like your first proper jaunt in. You might have seen it in the past, but I'm OG Star Trek. I've watched the original season uh, series. I watched Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, all of that. You know, I love the, the movies. Even they have their thoughts. There's a lot of fans out there that are like poo-poo the J.J. Uh, Abrams movies, I think they're really fun movies. They're, they're different, and every Star Trek product has to be different. Otherwise, what's the point? But um, yeah. I have a mixed bag that... with Discovery. Um, I oh, okay. I think you like it way more than I do, uh, but I'll let, I'll let you take the reins on this. We can, we can be brief on Discovery. Okay. Um, j- just to touch on that point, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think I do enjoy it more, but I think it's because the same way that um, well, with any fandom you are always matching up the new thing to what's come prior mm-hmm. even if it's um, amazing whether it's great if it is not godly or on the same level or not forgetting to hold the old ones up to be like oh they're amazing people tend to be very uh, uh, negative towards anything that's new towards them and I'm not saying I'm not saying that's what you're doing not at all um, because you're you're quite an objective thinker, uh, but from what I've seen from a lot of the fans, people automatically start comparing it to the old ones, even after episode one. Oh, this show is terrible. I've only seen one episode, and I'm comparing it automatically to Voyager, to to this, to that, to I'm like ah, oh, chill out, man. Like a lot of people tend to be overly uh, critical of yeah. something because of the history that the franchise has has developed. Yeah, uh, and I think that has helped me better enjoy the uh, enjoy the show because like I said I, I knew a few things about Star I, I know it was this wasn't my first inter, um uh interaction with Star Trek it was the films the JJ Abrams mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. Um, I always caught like a a, a one-off episode from some of the previous TV shows mm-hmm. but it wasn't that deep it was very 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 surface yeah. almost non-existent and then the JJ Abrams uh films came out and I was like mm, yeah it's all right and then Discovery came out. I was like, "Wow, this is this is great. Uh, I enjoy it." Um, what do you What I do you like helped. about Discovery? Tell me that at least. Well, I, I like what I like about Discovery is what I guess what people might like about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And it's the whole idea, well, that a crew goes onto different planets to, you know, discover well within the name, but that's really the uh, objective of the Starfleet, which is to go far and wide and discover more and more mm-hmm. to bring into the intergalactic uh, empire. Yeah. Um, and the idea that they go to so many different places, they interact with so many different people, that there's different cultures in this entire galaxy that yeah. they can, that can create as much different types of drama 
So sometimes you get things that doesn't don't quite gel well with human uh, politics or human expectations of people, mm. but it's completely different with a different race. And you see how they manage that. And I thought that was brilliant. Um, yeah. I really like how they um, give reasonings for a lot of, well, things that people in Star Trek will know. For, for example, like communication with people, how the science works. Yeah, it's just interesting. I mm. find it so interesting how... how uh, so uh, it makes me regret not watching Star Trek when I was younger, not watching the different shows because I, I keep hearing that, oh yeah, they, they do things like this all the time. Yeah. Um, and I can always tell when something is fan service, even though they try and hide it. I'm like, oh yeah, they're clearly referring to something in the old show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, I, I do enjoy it for the whole idea of going to different parts of the galaxy and discovering. Yeah. Uh, and how they link it into the drama or the interpersonal dramas between everyone. Okay. Well, from the my previous pe- season was the best one. The previous season was the best one. Okay. Um, yeah. That was the season dealing with the time travel nonsense, right? Um, yes. Yes. Um, I For me, I thought it was the weakest. I will get into it, but Ooh. it's a long, boring thing. Um, overall with the show, I like it fine. It's, it's entertaining enough. Um, I, I'm not like one of those internet trolls, like those inter- those keyboard warriors that will go on some kind of forum thread and just saying like, "Hey, this show sucks. Yeah, these people sucks. They don't know what they're doing." Yeah. I'm not, I'm not that deep with it. Like, I enjoy what I enjoy. If I don't enjoy it, I move on and watch something else. They, people spend too much time hating something. They will watch a whole season of something and hate it. Problem I have with Discovery, season one, which was entertaining enough, I think visually is really amazing. They spent money on this show. They spent money. It looks like a J.J. Abrams movie. It looks good. It looks really good. They with lens flares and everything. Oh, lens flare galore. People just going blind over that lens flare. But the problem I have with the show is one, the name. It's called Discovery. They discover nothing. It's like <laughs> they discover absolutely nothing. They the the first season they literally spend time on two planets. One, the opening planet where they interact with this alien race and it introduces the main character, and two, the Klingon homeworld. That's it. Only two planets you see in season one. It's called Discovery. They discover maybe they discover like the you know the the tardigrade and how to. Uh, that is a very good point. <laughs> they discover absolutely That's jack shit besides from the ability to teleport from one part of space to another. Fair enough. If that's what you're yeah. going to say, like say, you know, it should have been called Star Trek Discover the ability to teleport. Fair enough. Season two, I think it was a lot stronger in the sense when it dealt with the parallel universe thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember well, if that was the tail end of season one or if that was season two. But I think when it got to it, that point, it was really good. It does feel like the name was made before the show. I because think they, like when when you hear Star Trek Discovery, yeah. Discovery is the um, it, what Starfleet is about. Yeah. And so... Well, not always. When, when, not always. So no, this, no. This is one of, of the not. things about Star Trek that most people don't realise is that each individual ship has their own mission. So Discovery was actually a science vessel where it was actually trying to figure out new sciences with the the Star Trek series with uh, Jean-Luc Picard. 
um, the Enterprise. So in terms of the universe of Star Trek, the Enterprise is always consistently the ship that goes out further into space trying to find the new ships. You've got ships that only deal with battle. You've got ships that only deal with security. You've got ships that only deal with trade. But typically speaking, Enterprise goes out there and tries to interact with new species. You got Voyager that I think was supposed to be the same thing, but their storyline is that they get lost on the other side of space and have no way to get back to Earth. They're trying to get back to Earth. Deep Space Nine is a space station that all of these cultures are coming to the station and interacting that way. So each show was supposed to have their own flavor. The problem I have with Discovery is that I think the show still to this day, and maybe actually if you watch the season finale, I think they might have have finally found their flavor. I think the show struggled because... They wanted to be vanilla. Then said, oh, actually, maybe let me put some chocolate in this. Actually, should we have strawberry? Ooh, how about, you know, birthday cake flavor? It struggled to find its flavor in the tapestry of what Star Trek is. The worst thing that they did was set it as a prequel to the original series because now you're ham- hamstrung with all of that history. What they done with this season and them shifting all the way 1000 years in the future is saying like we can do whatever we want now yeah they wanted to get out of everyone's way and that was the because best thing that they should have done so much yeah they should have done from the start because they were crossing over with things that we knew it's like okay cool so this person's gonna come up this person's gonna come mm-hmm. up fan service galore and then that's exactly what did happen it was gonna so upset now people out of everyone's way it was, yeah of course sure. it was gonna upset people because you got people that are like oh like oh they're forcing like I, I guarantee there's people say like oh this is set before uh, um, the original series I wonder if we're gonna see Spock we see Spock oh look what they did to Spock why did we have to see Spock it's like you're damned if you do you're damned up. if you don't <laughs> it was a setup. If do you know the crazy thing is if I was to actually pitch yeah. an idea for a Star Trek show I think it's mostly inspired by the Lower Decks because right now the Lower Decks is the best thing to come out of Star Trek because I was disappointed IMDB doesn't think so IMDB (laughs) can suck my left nut do you know what any person that references IMDB or Rotten Tomato which are aggregator sites they're not actual review sites they don't review Jack it's basically them getting all of the reviews together saying this is what the consensus is don't follow the consensus read reviews where you can with people that you agreed with their opinions or you have similar opinions to watch the product if you're that actually that interested in it then form your mm-hmm. own opinion if from what you get from the trailers or other people's opinions or reviews don't really vibe with you and you just say to yourself you know this is not my cup of tea if it comes on i'll check it out if it doesn't it doesn't move on all of this stuff or quoting imdb this rotten tomato this 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 yeah yeah, 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 yeah. no shush it's boring to me now in 2021 it's boring to me now form your own opinions listen to like-minded people to give yourself an impression but form your own review that's it that's all it takes it's 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 that simple man because uh, the amount of times that i've seen um a tv show i'm a sucker for animation i I love Mm. animation so i saw this as animation i saw it had a low well it's a higher grades that it was when I first looked at it yeah. right now uh, from IMDb. But I thought, no, let me give it a chance because there's been shows that I've genuinely enjoyed that were not past like five out of 10. Yeah. And then I watched Star Trek uh, Lower Decks. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is kind of entertaining. It's the best like, thing to I'm come saying... out of Star Trek in years. I was disappointed with Picard. Oh, Discovery has been It's fine. not the best thing to come out of Star Trek. I would say the best thing was... Um, <laughs> The Orville, <laughs> okay. and I know it's not linked it's, to Star Trek yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. 
but that's it, it, inspired. It's, um, that's inspired, it's, of course. Yeah, that's like saying but, like but without Bourne, Star Trek, it would never. That's like saying Bourne is like the best Bond in years. It's not quite the same, but it's like it's inspired, of course. Um, it was it lifted heavily. Oh, I would say the closest like, thing is Next Generation. It tries to be Next Generation. I think. Oh yeah, Seth yeah. MacFarlane okay. is a massive Next Generation fan. It's clear. Yeah. It's very very clear. Even down to the intro, the outro. Yeah. Even the music when people are being emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, with his own little spin, but no, Lower Decks is is I, I find it very entertaining, and the animation is beautiful. It's 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 like, stupidly good, but do you know what I would do? Inspired by one, the Lower Decks, and two, this one episode of the Next Generation where Picard talks about his experience in the Academy, and I don't know why um, the st- people that run Star Trek haven't actually done a show like this. Is actually do a show about kids in Starfleet Academy. Oh, like, I think that's cool. I think that would be perfect because you, you, you can hit so many genres with that coming of age story, adventure story. You can have a storyline where it's like they actually go from base to base across the uh the star system so you're not just stuck in one place. And the fact that I, I would say Yeah, go ahead, sorry. I think it's because the benefit you have is lower stakes as well. I think sometimes yeah. when you have so much drama in space, why would anybody go to space? Why would anybody take this job? Oh, we got a space well over here. Oh, somebody's messing up with the time, uh, space-time continuum over there. Oh, somebody somehow went back in time, slept with their grandma and killed their grandfather and they don't longer exist. Oh, this person made love to this Klingon. It's like, Jesus Christ, no, I'm not going to space. That's yeah, horrible. Back to the future type stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that I, nowadays it's much easier to get a show like that out mm-hmm. mainly because it seems like we've studios have gone from making cinematic uh universes to um cinematic tv shows yeah. uh, universes and it is much more easier to pitch a show like that because even looking at what's happening with uh well disney as a whole yeah. with star wars and and uh marvel mm-hmm. where they have shows that are more or less uh, teasers for the next films or teasers for next uh, TV shows, yeah. just to uh, kind of build something that they started in the in the films. Yeah, um, you said something very interesting about like um, working outside of what is expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you pitched uh, the show, and why it's a good idea for Discovery to move outside the timeline of things that have happened previously in Star Trek. Um, I I agree with that so much because of there are two shows or there are two franchises that they really really need to do this Mm -hmm. the first one that everyone knows is star wars Mm -hmm. star wars they need to leave the scar star war uh, the skywalker legacy alone Mm -hmm. they need to leave it alone and move the f away from well they have done that they did that with uh the mandalorian because i don't unfortunately with the last episode they did kind of go back against that but the whole idea was that this is about a pocket in space that nobody cares about. Exactly. So that's why it's worked so well. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, uh, Star Wars um, Rogue One, it was still, it, it wasn't dealing with the, uh, it, I think it had the same thing with the Mandalorian where it was like, all right, cool. It's, it's something to do with the Empire, something to do with, you know, the Rebels. Mm-hmm. And they linked it to the Star Wars, uh, to, to the Skywalker saga 
towards the end yeah. with the big reveal. Yeah. But for the most part, it was, okay, these things are happening while that other story is happening. Yeah. And we're not going to lift too much from that story. It's going to be its own self-contained type story, which yeah. I really, really enjoyed. So yeah, Star, Star Wars will benefit massively, which they've already started doing, even with a lot of the shows that they're going to release, but not all of them. Um, away from the Skywalker saga. And it'll be great if the films will move away from that. The other franchise is um, Avatar, the last Airbender horror franchise. So so the Avatar uh, franchise. The next thing that's coming from this franchise, actually the thing that came before um, this next thing that's going to come out, if 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 people don't know, uh, the last Airbender or the Avatar franchise is getting a new live action TV show that's going to come out on Netflix. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! And oh no! Yeah, yeah. Everyone's getting that oh, no. M Night Shyamalan uh, flashbacks. Uh, I think I did not hear about this. Sh- shaking and what? I did We've not. Know. I did, it, did, you, did we? Yes. Maybe you purged it from your mind. I but must we have, have talked about this. I must. Have. Uh, but no, they they are creating a live action Last Airbender. So it's going to be Ang. Um, now, initially, I was hyped for this because. Uh, the creators were heavily involved in the production of it. Yeah. They were the showrunners. But uh, then they stepped down. Yeah. And then I realized how many episodes it's going to be. It's going to be about 13 episodes. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, mm. maybe they can, so much happened. Maybe they can tell a right and tight story. I, the biggest problem with this is that I don't know why they're touching Ang again. Like, personally, but I would... that's what I'm trying to get onto. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I'm trying to get onto. Because by them trying to tell Ang's story you are now competing against something that is considered golden yeah. by almost every single fan. You know what I mean? Like, when it came out years ago in the early 2000s, it was like, yo, this this show is 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 dope, man. Like, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's almost untouchable in a lot of people's eyes. So for them to remake it, M. Night Shyamalan did that and he butchered it heavily. Yeah. And now they're going to make this Netflix show without the creators of it with a limited amount of episodes. I keep thinking they're gonna try and find try try and find clever ways to do some of the amazing things that they did in the show. Yeah. No animal except for one animal in the last Airbender was a real animal mm-hmm. that is in our real world. Mm-hmm. And that was a bear. Every single animal is a hybrid of two animals that are in our world. Yeah. What is the CG budget on gonna be on this show? Already thinking of things like that, it's gonna be incredibly I think, difficult for them to live up or they will, I don't think they'll ever live up to the expectation of I the think show. they should go that, the Mandalorian yeah. route and do hybrids so it's part costume mechanical part CG I think that's the best way to do it because you have that physical interaction so have a animatronic animal on set and if you need to touch it up with CG do so it will, it will save I'm you I'm not gonna lie there are a lot of animals being very very expressive mm-hmm. in their movement yeah. not necessarily on their face for example like Momo Momo was partly the um, comedic relief mm-hmm. from that show yeah, and he got quite a bit of screen time I can imagine them clamping down on his screen time yeah. just because of the length of the of the series which is going to be 13 episodes and also CGI intensive yeah. or practical effect intensive Yeah, well, I would have preferred what you do is just like remember yeah. Friends with that a little monkey Marcel you just get like one of his uh, descendants. He's probably made some kids. Put him in a CG suit, and there you go. <laughs> you got Momo. Oh, it's it's so crazy. I'm just saying, gets the job I do, done. I I do wish that they move to a different era, um, so that it's not a big conflict. Um, the thing that came so between 
Korra mm-hmm. and this new Netflix show, um, there's been comics before Korra and I think during Korra as well. Yeah. But the piece of media that came after Korra was the Kyoshi book. Mm-hmm. There's a book that you can get the audio book or you can actually buy the book off of Amazon. Kyoshi. It Who was Kyoshi the, again? Was that the... Avatar Kyoshi. The... That was the Avatar before uh, Roku. Roku. Avatar Roku. Why don't they do a Roku yeah. show? That That seems like a no-brainer to me. Because Roku is still very close to... Like I said, I want it to be very, very separate mm-hmm. from the story that we have already seen. Then do uh, Avatar even One. Korra suffered a bit. Sorry, do Avatar One, the first Avatar. They can do Avatar One. Yeah, they can do Avatar One. Um, however, once again, his his world is incredibly fantastical. <laughs> but <laughs> boy, very, I'm trying to think of the thing that ticks the most boxes. I think the reason why they Kyoshi can do that was, one is because one is the very beginning. Two, the way they tell the story in Korra is so painterly they can be because they can benefit from the fact that in Okura is told like mythology in the movies they say well this is what really happened some of the stories were actually wrong you know yeah I hear that I hear that I mean it, it, the truth as long as it's not attached to what's come I guess we could really do anything because yeah. we can do one which is uh, quite separate. We've gone got a little bit of information from him from Korra. Yeah. We could have done Kyoshi because even though it links a little bit to some of the avatars, it's far away in terms of generations and generations mm-hmm. that it would be interesting to see her story. Yeah. Like apparently the book's doing incredibly well. It's it's a really nice story. Well, we shall um, see. We could literally do of any avatar between one and Kyoshi yeah. to be completely separate. I don't want us to go forward because it would just be like modern day uh, at that point because I think Korra yeah. is already like what the industrial revolution so exactly exactly but, so I say either Kyoshi or further back yeah let's move on um, the, the we've got a couple more topics um, I wanted to get into the TV show The Office but I think I can, yeah, we can link that well, I'll say we save that because we can link that into our own work environment talk at the end uh, let's talk about what's going on in America with what happened recently, and I think maybe in a further uh, in a future episode we can talk about it a bit deeper. But the raid on the Capitol building—that's what I'm going to call it. It was a raid. They literally went in dressed as Vikings, raiding the Capitol building because of. Till this day, nobody's really broke down why. Like I, I don't, I don't get it. Ken, what, what do you know of this, this story? Um, the one big thing I've learned from the story is the internet never ceases to make me laugh. The memes about this have been fire, Tony. Oh my Lord. Every two seconds, man, people are having the time of their life with this meme. Um, how, how easy it is to hit the capital? Are you nuts? Can you imagine parliament getting hit like that? Parliament. Like that is like so. See, seeing this happening, seeing all the videos, seeing people getting sprayed, seeing the um, people did uh, apparently people got really hurt. I think a few people died. Yeah, um, but not not on a mass. I to to not see the army be um, mobilized, to not see a major police force be mobilized, um, to see to not see riot gear, to not see tanks, to not see. People getting hit by batons. Gas. Maybe actually quite a few people did get hit by batons actually. But like a lot of the videos being portrayed, they were using, they weren't using the A team of police. They weren't mm. using the B team. They weren't even using the C team. They were using division five police just to let people, it was the, so weird to watch. The Capitol building's security is embarrassed. 
the fact that they got so far into it, into that building, oh. they they have to be embarrassed. And I feel I feel bad for them. Like right now, I I, do. I feel yeah, I do. bad for America. Like. I know it's like a it's a really cool thing right now with everything that's happening with Trump and the election and the kind of division that America's got right now to kind of shit on America. Like, but that shit that happened with the Capitol, that was something that you would hear from a story from Florida, right? That was some Florida or shit right there. That <laughs> people broke yeah. into the Capitol building. Like members of Congress were holed up in a room, guys barricading the the door pointing their guns and you just see like a little guy's head poking through the middle like his um once again jack from um um what's again what's that movie um forgot that i forgot the movie but you know the one was oh, like the shining the shining the shining it's not even jack is it jack or johnny it's weird in america no, it's jack. you can be it's called jack both jack well he's jack nicholson but he said like here's johnny it's like um that was weird that was weird. Just watching the, 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 the pictures of it. There's this one guy legit dressed as a Viking, like with horns. I don't know whether he had like a wildebeest pelt on his head, painted face. You know, it, the irony is he's like a white guy dressed like a half Viking, half Native American, trying to storm the Capitol building. And the, the most uncomfortable thing about this, right, the realization that if this was predominantly black people that did this, the body count want to say it. would be through the roof. That White House will be painted red and black, straight up. Yeah, straight yeah. up. And it's 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 disappointing. It's disappointing to think um, that this quote unquote, and I'm doing air quotes right now, this quote unquote superpower was able to be toppled by essentially idiots. Now. You know, other countries are looking at America like, yo, it's that easy. It's a joke. Hmm. It's a joke. Let's start making plans. Like, but boy, I know other countries, they're looking at America like, yo, that's, that's, that's central. That's, that's your... North Korea that, that, that's the, and, that's the capital. and Russia are vindicated right now. They're, they're, they're looking taking, at They're that. taking notes right now. And they're, they're like, like, whoa, it's that easy. You know, Russia's like, look on. at these pathetic Americans. They think they have power, but look, the people, they come into the building, they shit on the floor, they take the peace. But look, we are strong. We are Russian. They couldn't do this to us. And It would be amazing if Russia and North Korea or any of the enemies or any country were like, oh, um, just to flex, yeah. either on Twitter or on Instagram, where they're like, hey, Here's our security, and they just see enough guns, and they just like a montage of people that's cocking guns, yeah. like click, 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 click. Don't try this. Shit. <laughs> I could just imagine like Vladimir Putin, like at the next like UN meeting, looking over at like Joe Biden and say, "Hey Biden, Biden, looking good in the Capitol building, eh? You got your no, security up? Ah, look at you, you piece of shit. Get out of here. Come on." No, it's 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 mad. <laughs> I could just it's sad, and you know the thing is, it, all of this because some salty people look at their fearless leader as being hard done by. Trump lost the election. They think there's chicanery going on, if, if for the lack of a better word, like. But there was nothing wrong when he won it in the first place, even though there were suspicions that there was collusion and that straight up a recording of like, all I need is about 11,000 votes. Come on, people, just get it done. You can do it. Just 11,000. It's okay. Like, 
you he have incited proof. violence. That, that that was the sad thing about all of this. That's because, the thing. You're going to, to you know, violence for a guy that's criminal. He's proven it several occasions. Well, the There's a recording he, of him. He rallied them. Yeah, he rallied he them to violence, and that's that. That was that, That's the most like one of the most frustrating things about it, because like a lot of people are like, oh no, you're doing him wrong. But but he worked you up to this point where you're taking a dump on your own politics. I want to know. It, it's weird to see that you find that okay. It's like you, your enemy was is who yourselves now, like just over dominating with. With Pat, oh. I want to know if these guys are getting done for like I don't know how many of them have been arrested. I want to know if they're getting done for treason. That must be treason, right? Like storming the Capitol building. That must be some sort of treason. Tony, Tony, Tony. To to the point where, when you have home terrorists or homegrown terrorists, they don't call them terrorists. They ain't gonna call us treason. It it has to be because otherwise it's just basically guys going on a Sunday stroll into your Capitol building. If there's no ramifications to this, if there's no... No, 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 no. There will be ramifications. They won't call it treason. Yeah. Then what is it? What is it? About breaking an entry, right? So... Tony, how many years have we seen in America people that, like... uh, We haven't seen this, Ken. Horrible... No, no, no. But I'm going to make the point where we've seen people do things worse than, quote, unquote, uh, illegal aliens or, or terrorists from other countries inside America but they never refer to them as terrorists. So for them to throw treason out there, boy, like they're, they're so quick to change words and call things other things or misunderstood youth or, you know, to the point where it's not so far that or so crazy to think that whoever gets prosecuted, they won't be given the treason uh, moniker. I think this is like the, the highest level of disrespect. Orda- disrespect and audacious white on white crime because like you can't you can't split it any way like i saw maybe there was one picture and i don't know why he was there of a black dude up up in there i'm thinking what dude you're in the wrong place right now because somehow all of this all of those guns are going to be pointed at you and all of those bullets are going to somehow be soaked up into you i don't know what you're doing there bro but the majority of those people that you see were, were white guys attacking other white guys hold up in the room. I don't know how, how, what percentage of Congress is actually ethnic, but this straight up, when you see that footage, it, look like, it looks like white on white crime. You know, they give us shit about black on black crime. You know, look at these black people attacking each other. You have your own people attacking your own country. If that's not terrorism, if that's not treason then what else is it i i I would know it's it's definitely this thing i'm going to say next um because yeah it could easily be those things that that you're saying it is an amazing uh showcase of herd mob and pack mentality like when people are rallied up in a almost gang mentality that can easily influence a large body of people a large body of your peers to adopt certain behaviors on a largely emotional rather than rational basis. And this is the quintessential definition or showcase of it. This is herd and mob mentality. Because individually, you never think to try and break into the capital like that. Mm-hmm. But because you're, you're up numbers, you're up 200, you're up 300, yeah. you're going to just do that. We see it all the time when, oh, boy, I'm going to, like, it's, it's what kids do. It's what kids do. When, when you're not, when you're like what, in your teenage life where you're walking down the road with your boys, you for some reason 
some of the people that you roll with just do dumb things as if they were never raised right. Like the amount of times I've been to cinemas uh, at the wrong time of the uh, of the week. I go on a Saturday at like 11.30 and then you've got bare teenagers inside the cinema acting like damn fools mm-hmm. because they're around themselves. They're in their herd mob mentality. They're doing largely emotional rather than rational like actions inside. Like So it, it's, it's a great, great example of what happens when a group of people that feel slightly a type of way get together. They just turn into mobs. They start rioting. They do something silly. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is so stupid. It's, um, but also understandable. It's, it's one of those ones. It's like, what, what, what have you seen from like social media response? Like, do you, can you think of anything that you've come across? <laughs> oh man. Uh, Black Twitter has been absolutely like, if, the meme or, or like the, the facial expression that any uh, that every single black person on Twitter that has had after hearing this that Kermit the Frog sipping tea like saying none of my business mm. oh your, your, your tone done changed right now like it, it's so hilarious to see how everyone's like oh is that right oh is this what's going on like the whole not surprised reaction to it I, I, need, I see a lot of people that are that are that are not surprised on Twitter and on Instagram and they find a way just to make fun of it. I've seen so many, uh, the police at the Capitol are jokes, the security are jokes. People are not, people like the people that are professional that have to be political, they have to say that, oh, this is disrespectful, this is unprofessional, mm-hmm. this is horrible. But the, the the mass of people, they're like, this is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Because we know what happens when the roles reverse. Yeah. I think the hypocrisy of the democracy. Isn't it? I think you know we let's let's wrap let's wrap it up right there. Let's wrap let's wrap up the show as well yeah. because that was on a negative note. But I do want to wrap up with a quote from a very enlightened young man, and it goes by. Okay. Get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit, so it's together. And if you got to take it somewhere, take it somewhere, you know? Take it to the shit store and sell it. Or, or put it in a shit museum. I don't care what you do. You just got to get it together. Get your shit together. That was from Rick and Morty. From Morty himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, America, get your shit together. And if you don't know how to, and you're unsure about how things are working... Please listen to uh, Childish Gambino's This Is America just to understand why uh, you need to get it together Mm -hmm. because other countries are laughing at you, mate. Well, that is our show, Ken. Um, We did have more to talk about. We did want to talk about The Office, but I think I'm still in the middle of the show. Um, It's it's a a brilliant show. It kind of sums up so many things. I think it sums up America to agree, and it also sums up work life and I think we need to talk deeper about our work life um, the show has actually definitely reminded me of how it was to be in the office uh, but um, Ken tell us where can where can we find you on social media where can you find me um, my name is I'm Mr. Ken on Instagram um, and that's it <laughs> I haven't really branched off into anywhere else because I barely use my uh, social media but if you want to holler at me if you want to speak to me I'm I'm Mr. Ken on Instagram. Okay. How about you, Tony? Where can people find you? You can find me on uh, royale.majesty uh, on Instagram. That's royale, 
dot majesty like casino royale you can also find us on on deck dot podcast on instagram you can find us on soundcloud as on deck with tony and ken or on deck podcast and you know give us a like give us a follow subscribe to us you know the more people subscribe the more uh, it helps us out and hopefully we can grow together as a community so uh that is our time thank you for joining us this week and we look forward to seeing you next week say goodbye ken Adios, everyone. Peace. Peace.